Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning. It's posted at 930 for those who are not able to be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, there are some in the area who would like to be able to get out and be with the congregation and study God's Word, but for physical reasons or health reasons of one kind or another, uh, they're not able to do that. And so we want to be able to help people still get into God's Word, still feel connected to the church by podcasting these Bible studies. We also realize that there are people who listen in other parts of the country. They're not in the Omaha area and literally around the world who want to be in God's Word. They want to learn what God's Word really teaches. And so again, we're thankful that we're able to spread the teachings of God's Word, and we strive to teach His Word accurately, effectively, powerfully. We want to stay true to His Word, because Jesus said in John 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And God's Word is the basis for our developing our faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we want to teach God's Word correctly, accurately. And so by means of the internet and through the medium of these podcasts, we spread God's Word all over the world, wherever the internet is available. We're thankful that you're listening, and we encourage you to continue to do so. And we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, or other technological means. But you know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to turn to God, who need to become serious about their spiritual lives, who need to grow in their faith. Help them by sharing these studies with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing it would be for them if you helped them turn their life around spiritually and they got to heaven as a result but it would also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing. And also, encourage everyone to go to our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast link and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. And whenever somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons to their smart device, whether it's their phone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. But they'll also receive a wonderful, I think a really gem, a daily Bible study, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. But that gets us into God's Word. And being that short, it helps us to say, you know, I can can fit that much time in to be in God's Word. In the midst of my busy schedule, I can work that in. I can be in God's Word. I can study His Word a little bit each day. It's called today's Bible class. Seven days a week, about 13 minutes each day. And they'll also receive a daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures. Now, all of that will automatically go to their smart device, and it will all be free. And it always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. So encourage everyone you can to go to our website, click on our podcast link, and sign up for our podcasting. We're going to continue on in our study 
of the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And we are at the point of finishing the book of Numbers, the fourth of these first five books. Those five books are called the Pentateuch, and we understand that they were, for the most part at least, written by Moses. Now, there might have been another writer who finished off the last bit of Deuteronomy, but we understand that Moses was the penman, God guiding him to write God's very word through these first five books of the Bible. And these lay out for us the creation account in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, and the creation of man, and the placing of him in the garden, God's God's ordaining, if you want to think of it that way, initiating the wonderful uh, relationship that we call marriage today by creating the woman from the rib of a man of the man and bringing her to the man and giving her to him as his wife. But we also see in Genesis chapter 3 the fall of man into sin and the, the need for God to send a Savior into the world. The rest of the Old Testament, basically, it is pointing toward the coming Savior, preparing the way for that right time for God to send Jesus into the world. And part of that is God beginning with Abraham and through his bloodline bringing into existence and developing into a nation of people, the people of Israel, through whose bloodline Jesus would come into the world. Now, also going back to Genesis chapter 6, we see how mankind, in between the time that God prophesied that he would send the Savior into the world, Genesis 3 and verse 15, following man becoming sinful, and God then calling upon Abraham to begin the bloodline through which Israel would come to exist and through whose bloodline the Savior would come into the world, we saw how wicked mankind had become. And God necessitated destroying mankind with the exception of Noah and his family through a great worldwide flood. And God beginning again with humanity from Noah and his family. And then we worked our way through Genesis. We studied about Abraham, his son Isaac, his sons Jacob and Esau, Jacob being the bloodline through which Israel would come into the world, uh, Israel would come into being. We saw Joseph. We saw in Exodus how the people of Israel had become a mighty people numerically, and yet they had become slaves because they were living in Egypt. And the Pharaoh of that day feared them because they had become so numerous, and so he put them into servitude. And they cried unto God at their abuse, their persecution, and God sent Moses to be their deliverer. And Moses led them out of Egyptian bondage. God brought judgment after judgment after judgment upon Pharaoh of Egypt and the people of Egypt. 
And Moses led them to Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, both names used for the same mountain, gave them the law, the spiritual law, and then told Moses, go to the promised land. That land that I initially promised to Abraham through his offspring, and that's going to be the land of Israel. But when they got there, Moses had sent 12 men as spies into the promised land, which was Canaan, and they came back, and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, it's a great land. We're well able to take it. God will give us the victory. Let's go right now. But the other 10 men said, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's a hard land, massive cities, fortified Giants live there. Mighty people live there. We can't do it. And the people's faith waned because of the report of those 10 men. And as a result, they did not believe that they could take the land. And God brought judgment upon Israel on that day by causing Moses to lead them away from the promised land. And that entire adult generation from 20 years old on up would die off in the wilderness over the next 40 years. And the children of those adults would grow up with greater faith and God would lead them into the land. That's where we are at this point as we begin the fifth book of the Pentateuch and the book of Deuteronomy. The last two chapters of Numbers, I'll leave for you to read, as I have been doing for some time now. I'm trying to bring out the really, the really pertinent texts of Scripture that we can relate to and learn lessons from, and skipping over the detailed texts within these several books, and that would be part of Exodus perhaps, but also Leviticus and Numbers, and let you read those more detailed, how the, how the tabernacle was to be built and all the articles of the tabernacle and the materials that would go into it, and then the various specific laws of different kinds, and they were numerous. And so these last two chapters of Numbers, chapters 35 and 36, talk about the cities that were given to the Levites as their inheritance and the cities of refuge that God gave to them or, or that set up so that there could be a line of justice for those who might uh, accidentally kill somebody. And then verse 36, you know, marriage, God's at least part of God's laws on marriage and female heirs and so on. I'll leave those for you to read on your own, and we'll pick up with Deuteronomy chapter 1. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain opposite Suf between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. Now, this side of the Jordan, they're on the nation of Israel, that mighty numerical people, probably one to three million strong at this time. They're on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. That's where, we ha- that where they have come up to after wandering in the wilderness for about 40 years because of the weakness in the faith of their forefathers, that is their 
fathers and grandfathers, or we might say parents and grandparents, going back to the time when the ten, tribe, uh, the ten spies came back and said, we can't take that land, we're not strong enough. And God turned them away and made them piddle around in the wilderness for about 40 years until those adult generations died off. Well, now those younger, the younger generation, now they're the adult generation. They've grown up and they're ready to enter the promised land. God has led them around through Moses to the eastern bank of the Jordan River, and they're poised, ready to cross over and start the battles to conquer the land. So that's what is meant by on this side of the Jordan. Verse 2 goes on and says, It is eleven days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. And again, Moses is speaking. Now it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandment to them. Okay, now forty years since, in fact, 40 plus years, going on 41 years since they left Egypt. And almost all of that time, it's referred to in writings as the wilderness wanderings. I'd refer to it as Israel's piddling in the wilderness because of their lack of faith until those adult generations died off. And the younger generation could grow up and become and be stronger in faith and God would lead them into the promised land. So it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, notice how specific the scriptures are here, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. After he had killed Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who dwelt in Ashtaroth in Edrei, on this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying. Now, largely, what we're going to find in Deuteronomy is Moses going back over what the Israelites had been through over the previous 40-plus years. It's kind of recapitulating or reiterating repeating, bringing back to their minds, this is what you have gone through. This is where God has led you to. And he's refreshing in their minds their more recent history, getting them ready to cross the Jordan River and begin to take the promised land by conquest, and God would give them the victories. And when it says, after he had killed Sihon, king of the Amorites, these were kings who went into battle against the Israelites as they were moving toward the promised land. And God gave the Israelites victory over those kings and over those armies. At Moab, there would be two tribes who would receive that land on the eastern bank of the Jordan River as their inheritance because they asked Moses, if we'll go ahead and fight the battles with our, with our countrymen, with our kinsmen, the rest of the tribes of Israel, can we have this side of the Jordan River as our inheritance? And Moses said, yes, if you will go across and fight the battles, 
to conquer the land, drive out the inhabitants, and you stay faithful and true to that, then you can have this side of the Jordan River, the land of Moab, as your inheritance. But Moses said something to them, to, those, to the leaders of those two tribes. If you do not follow through and do as you have committed that you will do, if you're not faithful to that promise, then be sure your sins will find you out. And that's a truth that we need to take to heart and keep in our minds today because it is a rule of thumb, a truth that is still in force today. If we're going to live in sin, our sins will find us out and we will be held accountable by God. In verse 5 of Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses goes on, On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. You might remember where we pointed that out. God had led them through Moses to Mount Sinai, to Mount Horeb, and he gave them the spiritual law there. But after they'd been there for a while, God said, You've been here long enough. Get moving toward the promised land turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the, and, and in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and to their descendants after them. So Moses is reminding them, this is what God has had in, in mind for you, his plan for you, going all the way back to Abraham. We're talking about many hundreds of years before. And here, he is now leading you. He has led you up to the borders of that land. In verse 9, I spoke to you at that time, saying, I alone am not able to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude. They had grown to a mighty population, in other words. Moses goes on, May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. How can I alone bear your problems and your, business, and your burdens and your complaints? Choose wise, understanding, and knowledgeable men from among your tribes, and I will make them heads over you. And you answered me and said, The thing which you have told us to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and knowledgeable men, and made them heads over you, leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, leaders of tens, and officers for your tribes." Then I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your brethren, and judge righteously between a man and his brother, or the stranger who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great, and shall not be afraid if any man's presence, or in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you bring to me, and I will hear it. And this was actually initiated or advised by Moses' father-in-law. 
when he saw in those early days after Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness, and the people would bring these cases, these complaints, these, you know, petitions before Moses, his father-in-law said, this is too much for you. You need to appoint judges below you, and then you just take the cases that they cannot handle themselves. And so there was a kind of a tier system or, you know, different levels of judges there that were appointed by Moses. You see, he's simply reminding them of the history of what they had gone through. In verse 18, and I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. So we departed from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea. He's talking about 40 years before. And this is when they first came to the southern border of the promised land. And I said to you, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you, do not fear or be discouraged. And every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up and of the cities into which we shall come. The plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshkal and spied it out. So he again, he's talking about the history again. Since they left Egypt, first going to the southern, first going to Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, receiving God's law, and then by God's instruction coming to the southern boundary of the promised land, and the people saying, send, send some spies ahead of us. Tell us, you know, which way we should go up. What would be advantageous? Moses said, that sounded good to me. So I took one man from each tribe, sent them 12 12 spies into the land to spy it out. And you complained uh, in verse 26. I'm sorry, let's go back. I skipped over some here. Verse 24, they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshkal and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us saying, it is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us. Nevertheless, nevertheless, just a long word for but, (laughs) you would not go up but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to, the, to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Now, Moses is <laughs> capsulized, if you want to think of it that way. He's condensed a whole lot of what went on into those couple of verses there. They did not want to go into the land and begin to conquer it, their faith waned, weakened, because 10 of the spies said, there's giants over there, there's massive cities, there's walled cities, mighty warriors, we can't take that land. And so they became weak in faith toward God. And Moses said, you complained and said, because the the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt. And you see, there was the wishy-washy 
the wishy-washiness, the fickleness within the faith of the Israelites. And they were not unique to mankind as far as that kind of wishy-washiness and fickleness is concerned when it comes to our faith in God and faithfulness before him. We experience that all the time, don't we? Verse 28, where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there, that is the giants. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Moses said, I reminded you all, all that God did for you, how he brought Egypt to her knees to deliver you from their bondage. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son, God was there with you and for you in all the way that you went until you came to this place. So Moses says, I tried to encourage you as you were so fearful about going and fighting those battles. I tried to encourage you. I tried to remind you what God had done for you already. And then verse 32, yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. God's presence was always with them after they had left Egypt. Moses reminds them of that. God had taken care of them, given them food, given them water. But they still became weak and turned away from absolute faithfulness to God. In verse 34, Moses goes on and he says, And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath, saying, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked because he wholly followed the Lord. The Lord was also angry with, with me for your sakes, saying, Even you shall not go in there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Well, Caleb and Joshua were the two faithful spies who had gone into the land of Canaan, the promised land. And they came back with a good report, and they said, God, is, God will give us the victory. Let's go at once. We're well, well able to take that land. And so Moses is reminding them, your forefathers, your fathers, your grandfathers, they fell in the wilderness because of their lack of faith in God. Only Joshua, only Caleb, from those original 12 spies, will be able to enter the land. And Moses says, the Lord was also angry with me for your sakes, saying, even you shall not go in there. So Joshua would become the leader of the Israelites from this point forward. Moreover, your little ones and your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there. To them I will give it, and they shall possess it. And Moses is reminding them again, your parents, your grandparents, 
God was not going to allow them to go into the land. You are their children. God has raised you up, and now you will take possession of that land. You are more faithful than your parents and grandparents were back then. But as for you, turn and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight just as the Lord our God commanded us. And when every one of you, and he's really talking about their fathers, their parents and grandparents, and when every one of you had girded on his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the mountain. And the Lord said to me, Tell them, Do not go up nor fight, for I am not among them, lest you be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, yet you would not listen. You rebelled against the command of the Lord and presumptuously went up into the mountain. And the Amorites who dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do and drove you back from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord. But the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. So you remained in Kadesh many days, according to the days that you spent there. And then they would be guided through the wilderness for the next 40 years. Well, Moses is talking to the sons of those generations, but he's talking to them as though they were their fathers and grandfathers. Their children had grown up to be Israel. Their grandparents and parents had died off in the wilderness. And in that way, God had cleansed them, cleansed the nation, cleansed the people of Israel of their lack of faith. We'll pick up with chapter 2 next time as Moses continues to go over the history of the Israelites over the past 40 years. Let's pray. Father, you are all-powerful and you are loving, all-loving, You love us. You are the blessing giver. Nothing is impossible for you. As Israel needed to learn, so mankind and we need to learn that lesson. Help us, Father, to be faithful and true to you, to trust you, to deliver us in all of our needs and challenges all the time. We pray, Father, for all those who need your special blessings at this time, who have been in our mind and come to our attention. Please deliver them, Father. We pray for souls. We pray for our souls. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.